Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Good evening, wherever you are in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler, and this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B's Media Production Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts or my special guests on this radio show, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, or you can give me a call at Stevie B's Media Production Studio at 910-491-6405. 5. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stay along with us here on What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine Word. Father, we pray that you will be with my special guest speaker on the show this evening, Norm Fields, as he breaks unto our listeners the bread of life. We also ask your blessings on my special guest in the community corner, Dr. Lonnie Smith Jr., as he serves our community with his various talents and gifts to uplift our neighbors. We pray that you will continue to bless them and their families that support their efforts, that they may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will bless our listeners who are tuning in to this radio broadcast via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they may consider their eternal stance before you, and that their hearts may be pricked, and it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. We are just so grateful for his precious sacrifice on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask that you will forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of your will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us in love us all the days of our lives. And that we have been faithful unto death. Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the broadcast this evening. In the first segment, my special guest speaker is Norm Fields. He serves as the evangelist for the Northside Church of Christ in LaGrange, Georgia. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And in the community corner, my special guest is Dr. Lonnie Smith, Jr. He serves as the minister 
for the East Side Church of Christ in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. He's also the author of a new book entitled Weighty, and he'll be discussing that book in the Community Corner segment. And then to close out the show, I have a lesson that I'll be presenting on the show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be doing a lesson on the broadcast. I hadn't done one in a while, so I thought it was time for me to give a lesson on the show as well. So I'll be making my proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So open up your Bibles and open your minds and let's have a great show. After the break, the next voice you hear, the next voice you hear be that of my special guest speaker, Norm Fields. Enjoy the show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. It ain't easy. No. Sometimes it gets hard down here, Lord. Sometimes it gets rough, so rough, so rough. Sometimes it gets tough for me. Has anybody been lonely all by yourself? Has anybody been sad, broken-hearted and sad? Have you even been dead? You had to cry all night.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my special guest speaker, Norm Fields from the Northside Church of Christ. Thank you, Brother uh, Stevie, for having me on this evening. I uh, was thinking that it was going to be more of a discussion than preaching, but I'm I'm happy to preach for you this evening. And uh, I think one of the things that's really important for us to understand, uh, not only as Christians, but as we're reaching out to others to encourage others to become Christians, is that Christianity isn't just a, a profession. It, it's not just something we say. We, we don't just say, okay, I'm a Christian, or because I believe that this person, Jesus, lived and uh, that, that he's the sacrifice for my sins, that, that, that makes me a Christian. When we look in Scripture, Christianity, being a Christian, is described as a very specific lifestyle. And it's sad so often we, we see people uh, professing to be Christians, but the lifestyle doesn't match the profession. It's it's the same thing I say a lot of times about the the name on the sign out front, and uh, you know people making an issue over over the name on on the sign. Uh, well, you know if you can't even get past the name before you're outside of scripture, well, that's just the low-hanging fruit to see if, if uh, these are people who are following the New Testament. But what goes on behind that name, what goes on uh, in the building, so to speak, has to match what that name represents. It's the same thing with saying that I'm a Christian, that the lifestyle has to match what is supposed to be represented by that name, uh, Christian. And so we see passages like uh, John 17, verses 20 and 21, where Jesus is praying for his disciples. And he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. And we have this bad misconception about what believe means, because you, you can't separate obedience from faith. It's faith and obedience. That is what the Bible refers to as believing. So when he says, uh, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, he's talking about those who take the apostles' teaching, uh, when the apostles would, would write it down, uh, that would take that teaching and would allow it to conform their lives the way that they live day by day to the image of Christ. And so Christ was praying for those who would be conformed to his image by the apostles' doctrine, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, he said, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And we look at that and we ask the question, okay, well, how is it that the world believes in Christ? through us believing through the apostles' doctrine or through the word of the apostles. Well, it's that, it's that conformed lifestyle, that transformed lifestyle that it's supposed to produce in us. Uh, the apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. See, it's, it's your lifestyle is being presented to God. The way that you live, everything you are, is being presented to God, showing that conformity to his will, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. See, there's that transformational process that, that takes place through our uh, adherence to the Word of God and allowing the Word of God to have the place in our life that it's supposed to be. See, it will produce a uh, common lifestyle, if you will. It will produce a uh, copy, if you will, of what the life of Christ looked like, right? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see this really pointed out very powerfully in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. One of the things I like to point out about uh, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 is that it is the end of a long quotation, right? You get, you get to the end of Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, and what do you see there? If you've got your Bibles open with me, I, I pray that you do and that you're studying along with me as I go through these passages. What, what's the last thing you see there at the end of Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20? It's a quotation mark, a close quote. Okay, well, we back up to find the open quote, and uh, it goes all the way back to where uh, Paul begins his rebuke of Peter back in verse 14, where he says, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all. Now, he's, you back up even further in the context and you see what's going on. Peter uh, was, was being a hypocrite. Peter wasn't being faithful to the Christian lifestyle. And so he, he was acting differently when he was around Gentiles and when he was around Jews. See, when there was no other Jews around, he would eat with the Gentiles. When there were other Jews around, he wouldn't eat with the Gentiles. And so Paul rebukes him. Why? Because his lifestyle was not consistent with the message of Christ. And so he says, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, how did he see that? By something they said? No, by something they did. Their lifestyle was not in conformity to Christ. I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, right? Again, the emphasis is on lifestyle. If you being a Jew live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, when he, when he refers to faith in Jesus Christ, we have to recognize that that is in the context of him talking about lifestyle, the way that Peter was presenting himself in, in his conduct. So that's, that's biblical faith, the way that we conduct ourselves in conformity to Christ. But by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, 
Is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, died to the law, that I might live to God. Lifestyle. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. So that that great passage that we quote so frequently to talk about conformity to Christ, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. What is the context of that passage? Well, Peter had... uh, backslid, we might say, or, or, or uh, uh, regressed to a former lifestyle that was not the lifestyle of Christ. And so he had to be rebuked, and he had to be reminded that we died to the law through Christ. Now we're supposed to be living his life. I, I, I put myself to death. I was crucified with Christ so that the life I live now isn't my own life. It's the life that he would live. If he was here instead of me, Uh, Paul emphasizes that again when he talks about the new creature in Christ in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So, So what do we see when we look at all these passages that are talking about being a Christian? We see it referring to a specific lifestyle, not not just someone saying, Oh, I believe in Jesus, and so that makes me a Christian. That's not the biblical definition of a Christian. The biblical definition of a Christian is someone who commits their life to Christ and lives that lifestyle of Christ. He's a new creation in Christ. And, you know, so so many times we uh, see people uh, that really don't, show any significant difference in their manner of life or their lifestyle uh, after they were baptized than they had before they were baptized. But there's there's supposed to be a death that takes place. That, that's repentance. There's a death that takes place, and we bury that old dead man. So the person who comes out of the baptistry is a new creation in Christ, a new person. And the lifestyle we live after we're baptized into Christ is supposed to be radically different than the way we lived before we lived for Christ. And so when we hear the word of God, uh, Romans 10, 17, and believe what it teaches about Christ and his kingdom, Acts chapter 8 and verse 12, believing that we repent of our sins. We're dead to that old lifestyle. We repent of our sins. Uh, Acts chapter 17, verses 30 and 31. Repenting of our sins, we confess that we believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And that confession that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that has to be matched by the way we live behind that confession. And making that confession to Christ, uh, that that we believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, we, we bury that old man, that dead man, in baptism. So that we can be raised with Christ to walk in newness of life. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. 
in Romans chapter six, verses three and four, uh, that that great passage we have uh, on baptism and that we use so frequently to talk about baptism, even that passage emphasizes the fact that it is a new lifestyle that we're being born into. As he says there, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk. See, walk, when the New Testament uses that word walk like that, it's talking about manner of life. Should walk in newness of life. That's why it's called a new birth. We come up from the watery grave of baptism just as clean and innocent as we were the day we were born. And so it's being born again into a new life, the life of Christ. says that in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. What does that mean? To walk in him. It's the same thing Paul said in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, that the, the life that I live now isn't my life. It's the life of Christ. And so I, I study Christ. I uh, learn all I can about Christ. We have the Gospels, and we should know Christ, the Christ of the Gospels, not the Christ of the preacher or the Christ of the the, the, the person next door to us that tells us you know, all about this Jesus that we can't read about in the Bible. No, it's the, the Christ of the Gospels, the Christ of the Bible that is supposed to characterize our life. Sometimes Christ could be uh, harsh. Uh, read, read Matthew chapter 25. Uh, he, he didn't pull any punches. And uh, so a lot of times people have this idea that Christ is all, you know, soft and squishy. No, he wasn't. He, he didn't. He wasn't afraid to to tell people to their face what they needed to hear because he cared enough about them to tell them what was necessary for their salvation. And, and if we're living the life of Christ, we'll do the same. But Paul says, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Uh, we're, we're told that we're the body of Christ. When we've been baptized into Christ, we're added to his body. So see, it's, it's his life. It's not ours. It's his life. And, and to function as his body, he's the head. He sets the direction of the body. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23 says, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That's where we live the life of Christ, in his body. That's, that's where Christ has the preeminence, where he is the head, and he sets the direction for our life, is in the church, which is his body. Uh, and so that life we have in Christ can only be expressed in his body, his church. Uh, people ask sometimes, do you have to be a member of the church to be saved? That's like saying, uh, do, do you have to be attached to the body to, to be alive? Uh, well, yeah, you cut your hand off, your hand's not alive anymore. Uh, to be saved, yes, you have to be in the church, his body. Uh, otherwise, you have no spiritual life 
in you, and you certainly can't live the life of Christ separated from his body. Uh, we see in Acts chapter 2 and verse 41 how they were added to the body. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't say a prayer and ask Jesus to put them in his body. They rather heard the gospel and responded to the gospel. Then those who gladly received his word, talking about Peter's preaching, the preaching of the apostles that day, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added. Added to what? Well, drop down to verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church. What's the church? His body. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So where are saved people? They're in the body of Christ. Where do you live the life of Christ? In his body, the church of which he is the head. And so to, to have that spiritual life, we have to be attached to Christ. To live the life of Christ, we have to be in Christ. The only way to be in Christ is to be baptized in Christ. And and the Christian lifestyle is a specific lifestyle. Uh, we see it in Galatians chapter 5. And, uh, through the Spirit there, Paul says, beginning in verse 16, Galatians chapter 5, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So you can't be in the middle. you got to go one way or the other. You've either got to follow the spirit or follow the flesh because they're contrary to one another. You can't do both. Uh, and so he says in verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. See, there's that specific lifestyle. Those things characterize the life of Christ. They should characterize us. That, that's one of the reasons that the devil through the world uh, corrupts the, the understanding of those words. The world doesn't know what love is. Uh, worldly love is radically different from biblical love. And, and uh, the things that the, the world promotes as, as joy, radically different from the biblical concept of joy. And you could go on with all of those, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Uh, we, we don't turn to the world to see what those things mean. We turn to Christ and see what those things look like in Christ, and then we copy that. I had somebody tell me one time that I practiced a copycat religion as though that would be an insult. I said, thank you. You're absolutely right. I, I do practice a copycat religion. I'm trying my absolute best to copycat Christ as much as I possibly can. And so the world just doesn't have the concept of the specific Christian lifestyle uh, and, and this idea that just anybody can claim to be a Christian. Uh, well, people don't get, to, don't get to tell God what a Christian is. God tells us what a Christian is. And if we're going to be a Christian, it's going to be by living that lifestyle that Christ exemplified for. Uh, Brother Stevie, I'm not sure how long you want me to go on. <laughs> I can keep going. <laughs> no, brother, you can go ahead and wrap it up if, if you like. <laughs> well, 
I don't know how long it's supposed to be, how long it's supposed to be. Well, it was a thirty-minute segment, so you're good. Okay. You can go ahead and bring it to uh, a close. Okay. So you know, if if we're going to live the life of Christ, again, it has to be in His body. The only way, and we only find two passages in the whole Bible that explicitly tell us how to get into Christ. We already read uh, one of them in Romans chapter six, verses three and four. Uh, where the Apostle Paul says, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? See, baptized into Christ Jesus, explicitly states, baptism puts you into Christ. And then the other one is Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 and 27, where the Apostle Paul says there, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor for you are all one in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what social class you're from, what what ethnicity you are. It uh, doesn't matter even what your gender is. That lifestyle looks the same no matter who's living it because it's the lifestyle of Christ. And how do you get into Christ? For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. That's the only way to get in there. And so we have to hear the word of God, believe what it teaches about Christ in his kingdom, believe in that, repent of our sins, and confess that we believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, so that we're baptized into him to to begin that walk in newness of life, to begin living that transformed life in Christ. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Is your Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific need. It's an exciting time for your congregation. And what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. These are the announcements for the events and activities in the Churches of Christ. If you'd like to have your events activities announced on this radio broadcast, just contact me at CBB's Me Production Studio at 910-491-6405. Or send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. Due to the coronavirus pandemic outbreak, I will not be making any public announcements until further notice regarding any public meetings or assembly. But I will be making announcements regarding the events and activities that are happening here on social media. On Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 9 p.m. Central Standard Time and 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, there will be a nationwide gospel call that's sponsored by the Churches of Christ in Highland Heights in Houston, Texas. And the telephone number to this call is 857-216-6700. And the access code is 328-497. 
This is a nationwide outreach to those who are not members of the Churches of Christ, and the speakers will be presenting a basic salvation message for them to learn what they must do in order to be saved, as well as information regarding the Churches of Christ. And it's also intended to edify and strengthen the faith of those who are Christians. On Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, the Delcrest Church of Christ in San Antonio, Texas, presents the Women's Virtual Bible Class. And this class will be held on www.zoom.com. And the class ID number is 821-3692-8262. Daily at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time, the Ladies in Christ Prayer Line, hosted by the Church of Christ at Lafayette, in Lafayette, Louisiana. The telephone number to this prayer line is 605-472-5203. And the access code is 514-859. My co-host on the Gospel Light Radio Show that airs on Thursday night here on Blog Talk Radio has a new book entitled God, Grace, and You. And the author's name is Steve Porter. And you can order this book from the 21st Century Christian Catalog. There will be a spring-summer series every fourth Wednesday of the month at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. The preacher panel discussion joins Minister Michael Crusoe at the... He will be the moderator for the series of discussions featuring seasoned preachers in the Brotherhood of the Church of Christ. And the topic under discussion will be the role of women in Christian worship. What a word from the Lord. And just a program reminder, Stevie B's Beautiful Mission Presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio on Tuesday at six, from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'll be hosting a live show, What a Word from the Lord radio show. And each week I have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ who will be presenting a message from the Word of God. We also have the Community Corner segment. This segment is designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our community. And also, I have three co-hosts on this show. Lou Gilbert, he's the evangelist for the Old Brook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I have a new co-host, Donna Otis. She serves at the Great Way Church of Christ. She has the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry. And that ministry will air every third Tuesday of the month. And also, my newest co-host, Isa Mullins, he serves here at the Helen Street Church of Christ here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Also on Thursday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. And on this show, I have eight co-hosts who will be presenting messages from the Word of God. And each week, I have two co-hosts on the air with me. I'm also taking a question from my shout-out platform on social media, Facebook, that I'll be posing to one of my co-hosts on that live show. And then on Friday night at our new time from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, Stevie B. Acapello Gospel Music Class Radio Show. And on this show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapello gospel music artists, the sweet sounds of voices. And we also have the Story Glory segment every first Friday of the month. I'm interviewing the artists that we're playing on this radio show. And on the first Friday of May, May 7th, I'll be interviewing Gerald McCain. He's, he's the director of the United Church of Christ Oral in Atlanta, Georgia. He'll be my guest on that show. And also on 
May the 20th. I'll be doing my top 20 countdown show for the month of May. Also, my on-demand episodes, if you can't catch any of these live shows, wherever you're getting your favorite podcast from, there's a variety of musical platforms that you can use to uh, listen to these on-demand episodes. And I just want to name a few of the major ones, because these are the most popular ones that people are aware of. You can pull these shows up on Spotify, uh, Apple iTunes, on iHeartRadio, on Amazon Music, also on YouTube, just to name a few. I have a new sponsorship manager. If you'd like to be a sponsor for any of these radio shows, just contact Michelle Marco from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Her telephone number is 954-687-4705. I'd like to give a shout-out to all of my sponsors. We certainly appreciate all those who are sponsoring these radio shows. Sharon Norwood, she's from Chicago, Illinois, but has the memorial front of directed crematory services out of DeSoto, Texas. And Stanley Phillips from Little Rock, Arkansas. And also Cheryl Marat from Charlotte, North Carolina. And Yvonne Blazing Cracker Duke from Nashville, Tennessee. Melvin Jackson from High Point, North Carolina. Marquise Hallman from Charlotte, North Carolina. Stephanie Brooklyn Wilson from Greensboro, North Carolina. And the Versified Financial Network LLC out of Dallas, Texas, known as Mark and Charlotte Carroll. And Ordained State Publishing from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The three E's. Of Stephen P's media production, it is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, we want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. Stay tuned. The Community Corner is up next. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. God is able. God is able. God is able. To do what he said he would do. God is able. God is able. Yes, he is. God is able. God is able. God is able. To do what he said he'd do. Think about Daniel and the lion's den. It didn't look too good, but Daniel put his trust in him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When the flames grew hot, they just put their trust in God. And he would not let them go. God showed his faithfulness. So if you think you're in a trial by fire, when the flames go hot, you just put your trust in God, and he'll never let you go. When trials come your way, He can give you peace down in your soul. 
But one of the challenges with Wadey was that Wadey stuttered. Okay. And he started to stutter a lot more when he was in the second grade. And it got worse when he was in the third grade. And what made it worse for Wadey that he would get picked on in school from the classmates because of his speech. Mm-hmm. And in the book, it actually uh, begins talking about Wadey, and it shows Wadey sweating and being afraid for the teacher to call on him to speak because he realized that he would stutter. And actually show Wadey actually stuttering in the classroom. Well, Wadey had enough. He just had enough. And one day he just broke down, and as he was walking home, he started crying and he started praying. And he just wanted to get rid of this particular problem. So he talked to his mom and his dad that evening, and he said, Look here, I don't want to go to school anymore because I stutter a lot now. It's gotten worse, and people are picking on me. So his mom and dad immediately called the school counselor, and to make a long story short, they set him up with a speech pathologist that he would go see every week, and actually the speech pathologist would come to the school and help other students along with Wadey. Well, Wadey, after about five to six months, which with the speech pathologist really got better in his speaking and Mm. he was able to pronounce words he worked very hard and one of his inspiration that he learned in in bible school was david and goliath he realized how goliath was about nine foot six inches tall much bigger and taller than david and much stronger but David, as we know the story, defeated this giant. And so Wadey looked at his stuttering as a giant, and he realized that he needs a lot of help. And he was determined to defeat the stuttering. So as I mentioned, he for five or six months, he kept working at it, kept working at it. And then finally... Wadey had to make a presentation, give a presentation in his classroom, and he talked about some lessons that he learned in his class. So I'd like to just read a couple of things that that Wadey said. Wadey gave a speech before his class titled, Things I Learned in Third Grade. Number one, he learned everyone may have some limitations, but that should not stop you from pursuing your goals. So Wadey was speaking about himself. He learned life is not always fair. He also learned that you should be willing to face your problems. He learned that talking about your feelings helps. After which the class applauded and Wade made a B on his speech. I thought about all these great lessons that even in third grade that, that Wadey learned how powerful they are to our young people today because our young people, children in elementary school, they will be challenged with many different things and 
they need to be able to face these challenges, situations in, in life. So Wadey, as the story goes on, continued to work on his speaking for years. And because of his working on his speaking, he became a speaker. He was a professor at several schools. And it showed how successful that Wadey became because he was determined. So there are questions that the book has for discussion, and I know some of the parents that have read this book have told me that after reading the book to their children and actually having these five discussion questions in in the back, it opened up a lot of conversation that they were more uh, confident to talk about maybe some of the things that they were being challenged with. And even one mother told me that this book turned into a Bible study for her um, children. Well, someone may ask, well, who is Wadey? Well, actually, Wadey is me. Hmm. I was one that stuttered a lot when I was in the second and third grade, and I hated going to the speech pathologist because when I would leave the room, people would start picking at me and say he's going to the speech class. And it was other students with me, and we worked at it. And I never thought that uh, even today that I would uh, be speaking, being a preacher, teaching in a school, a therapist. But it's all determination. I was fortunate to have Wadey, the book, by the Stuttering Foundation. It was uh, it started in 1947. They have taken Wadey and put it on their book line with all the other top books wow. on stuttering. So That's I was great. very uh, pleased with, with that, that now I know that parents would be able to go to that site and they would see Wadey and hopefully they will purchase the book and be able to help, especially students and children that go through some type of disability hmm. growing up and uh, these challenges that that they may face. Lonnie, I don't remember that as a kid, you stuttering like that. Oh, I was younger, eight, nine. I, mm. I kept it in a lot, too, because I, you know, I didn't talk a lot. Probably yeah. as I got older, as most folks know me, that I didn't stutter that much because I, I really worked on it. I think I stuttered a little bit <laughs> growing up. It's, it's very yeah. common. And some, some children grow out of it, but there's no cure for it. Right. Hmm. You just have to work at it. And um, there's a lot more people that have stuttered when they were younger than than we can even probably number. Wow. That's something. Now, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get this book? Well, Amazon has it. There's a list of, of 
folks that have it. You can look on Amazon, look under Wadey, W-A-D-E-Y, Lonnie Smith. Also, uh, Barnes & Noble. Also, Books A Million. Also, uh, Thrift Book. And if you go on, if you Google it, there are so many sites that actually have Wadey. A lot of bookstores in New York, mm, okay. California. But yes, it's uh, it's, it's been a a pretty good uh, book that has circled around it through this pandemic. It's been kind of slow, so hopefully, since people are getting out more, and especially school is going to uh, hopefully be in a, some type of normalcy, uh, Lord's will, in the fall that. This book will also be more available for um, speech pathologists, for teachers, for counselors, for parents, and so yes. Now, is this your first book you published? Yeah, this is my first book I published just just by myself. I am in other books and manuscripts, uh, but this is the first book I'm. My specialty, my my PhD is in clinical child psych psychology, which I specialize in childhood dis- disorders. So this is probably the area that I, I would like to keep, you know, writing and right. uh, helping helping children. Yeah. Hey, well, congratulations on the new book, man. It's it's real good. Well, thank you. You you have All to right. get a copy. Oh yeah, I had no idea that it was about you. That's all right. Hey, thank you for joining us on the Community Corner. Certainly appreciate it. Okay, thank you, cousin. And uh, all right, we'll be talking later. All right, ladies and okay. gentlemen, stay tuned. I have a lesson from the Word of God. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. I will be doing a lesson on this broadcast. Stay tuned for what a word from the Lord Radio Show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.
Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. We read verses 4 through 6. Now, I haven't spoken on this broadcast in quite some time. Now, if you're familiar, when we first came on the air, 
on this, well, this particular show started back in 20, I want to say 2017, because this is episode 196, and this is a two-hour program. So if you remember, if you've been following this radio show for quite some time, you will know that I have I was speaking on those shows uh, for the whole show, for those two-hour programs. That was before I had uh, opened up the show for my guest speakers in the first segment. I was doing all of the speaking on this broadcast, and then it just kind of wore me down. So that's why I opened it up for the other brethren in the brotherhood to come on this show because it was a lot of work uh, doing this radio show. So I haven't spoken on this broadcast in quite some time, so I just figured it was time for me to give a lesson on this broadcast. So we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll be looking at verses 4 through 6. And Paul writes, he says, There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And then he says in verse 6, One God and Father of all, who is in who is above all and through all and in you all. The subject that I like to consider for this lesson is one faith. As it's noted in verse five, Paul says there is one faith. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the subject of this lesson has only two small words in it. One faith, one faith. But there are major, major disagreements as to the meaning of those two words. Some believe the Apostle Paul, is uh, the writer of the book of Ephesians, was speaking of an individual's personal faith. Thus, there would be many faiths because Every individual has his or her own faith. And others believe that Paul was speaking of the gospel of Jesus Christ, God's word, as found in the New Testament. So which is it? Which is it? And that's what we want to discuss just briefly here in this lesson. What is the apostle Paul talking about in our lesson text? The one faith. And that's what we want to examine on the broadcast this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, one's personal faith is absolutely essential if that person wants to one day make heaven his or her eternal reward. Jesus Christ, our Lord, said, I, I said therefore unto you, this is John eight twenty four. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. He also was state in Mark chapter 16 and verse 16, very familiar scripture. Jesus would declare in the Great Commission, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Therefore, ladies and gentlemen, personal faith or belief is important. 
The Hebrew writer also states in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, the Hebrew writer says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So an individual cannot be saved without having a personal faith in Jesus Christ, in God, as well as in the word of God. A person's individual faith must be based upon the truth revealed in the New Testament writings. Our Lord taught in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Jesus said, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Ladies and gentlemen, many people like to quote verse 32, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But they forget or refuse to acknowledge where that truth is located or where it can be found. Ladies and gentlemen, the truth is located in the words of our Lord. Plus, one cannot be a disciple of Christ and refuse to abide by the words or revelation of Christ. Our Lord made his made this perfectly clear when he said in John chapter 12 and verse 48, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words has one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. The word which was spoken by Jesus Christ, our Lord, will be the standard by which all those on this side of the cross will be judged. The Apostle Paul affirms the same thing in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 when he says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. This faith is one's own personal faith, which is found upon God's word. But this is not the one faith to which the Apostle Paul speaks in our lesson text. In Ephesians 4 and verse 5, Paul says that our lesson text is referring to the system of faith the gospel of Jesus Christ, of which we read in the New Testament. It is the same faith to which Jude, the half-brother of our Lord, spoke when he said in Jude 3, listen to what Jude says. Jude says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exalt you that you should earnestly contend, watch this now, that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. That's in Jude 3. The faith, ladies and gentlemen, in this passage 
is not an individual's personal faith, but rather the system of faith, which Jude says was once delivered, meaning it was once for all time delivered unto the saints. There never has been and never will be a need for another faith, an updated version of the faith, to be delivered to the saints. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, there are those who believe the one faith needs to be updated. As one person proclaims, after all, it's not the first century any longer. And what he and many others don't realize is that there were those who lived at the same time as the Apostle Paul who thought the one faith needed to be updated even then. So Paul writes in Galatians to the brethren at Galatia. <coughs> excuse me. Paul would write to the brethren at Galatia in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Watch what Paul says. This is the first century. Watch what he says. Paul says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. See, they, they was having the same problem even in the first century that we're having today. Paul said, I marvel that you're so soon removed unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul is saying that there were those who were promoting another gospel, an updated gospel, but he says it was actually a perversion of the gospel of Christ. Now, this was a first century problem, just as it is a 21st century problem. He, Paul makes the point that their misguided reasoning stated that this new updated gospel was an another of the same kind of good news when compared to that which originated with Jesus Christ. This new gospel, instead of being another of the same kind, was instead actually another of a different kind. I hope you all are following me tonight. It was a perversion of Christ's gospel even in the first century. But we still have those who are promoting another gospel of Jesus Christ in the 21st century. But it too is just a perversion of the one faith. The one faith, ladies and gentlemen, the system of faith is comprised of facts which must be believed. It's comprised of commandments which must be obeyed. It's comprised of instructions which must be followed. The one faith, ladies and gentlemen, is comprised of promises which will be given by our Heavenly Father and warnings which must be heeded if we intend to have heaven as our everlasting home. 
None of these ingredients which make up the one faith can be ignored, can be rejected, can be excluded by anyone who desires to hear our Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Matthew 25 and verse 21. In closing this evening, in the commentary on the book of Ephesians and Colossians, there was a brother named Robert R. Taylor, Jr. He quotes from Winfred Clark as saving, and this is uh, uh, what we need to consider that's in our lesson text. Watch what he says. And this was Robert Taylor quoting from Winfred Clark. Watch what he says. The one God sent the one Lord who sent the one Spirit who gave us the one faith, the gospel, which teaches the one baptism, which puts us into the one body, the church, wherein we enjoy the one hope. This is the studies in Ephesians and Colossians, Taylor Publishing, page one, well, page 80, and this is the year 2010 of this publication. Ladies and gentlemen, while there are many individuals who have biblical faith, notice there is only one faith. One system of faith, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that will be acceptable to God. Ladies and gentlemen, one means one. Not two or any other number greater than or less than, but one means one. Amen. And I'll see you on the other side of the break. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. I know, Lord, I know the Lord. You'll take care. You'll take care. Take care of me. Oh, yeah. Yes, he will. I know the
you tell him how he took care of you. Sometimes I gain all by mistake. Lord, I don't know. Just don't know what to do. I start to look back over my life. And in your word, I know To what a word from the Lord radio show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to take the time to extend the Lord's invitation. And the reason that I try to do this is because this audience is just so vast and it extends so wide across the globe, across the United States, across the world. We just don't know where this show is being picked up because it's being broadcasted over the internet and, and everyone has access, just about everyone in the world today has access to the internet, whether it be through their desktop computers or through their cell phones. Social media has gone far and wide throughout the world. So we want to extend the Lord's invitation because we just don't know who is listening to this program on tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are not a child of God and one cannot be a child of God, hear me now. Until you are a Christian, until you've been born again, as the Bible teaches, then you are lost outside of Christ. And it's not enough to be religious. You must obey the commands of the Lord. In order for a man to be saved, you must take heed and answer the gospel call. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 14. You must hear the gospel. John chapter 6 and verse 45. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 17. And the fact of the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 3. You must believe the same. Hebrews eleven six, James chapter 2 and verse 24. You must repent. Luke chapter 13, verse 3 and 5. Acts chapter 17 and verse 30. You must confess your faith in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. 
and 33. You must be baptized in water for the remission of the forgiveness of your sins. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Acts 10, verse 48, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21. And if you are a Christian, you've not been faithful in your service to God, we would ask that you decide again by repentance and prayer, Acts chapter 8 and verse 22. And we want to encourage you now to visit the churches of Christ in your immediate area. Amen. And I'll see you on the other side of the break. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Thank you. 
from the Lord Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in a study of God's Word. I want to thank both of my uh, guests on the show tonight, Norm Fields. He was my first speaker in the broadcast and in the community corner. My special guest, Dr. Lonnie Smith, Jr., he talked about his new book entitled Waiting. Certainly appreciate his efforts on the show as well. It is my prayer, ladies and gentlemen, that the lessons and the information that was given on this broadcast has been beneficial to your spiritual lives and that your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in to this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and that he bless you real, real good. You've been listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. And on behalf of my co-hosts, Isa Mullins, Shauna Otis, and Luke Gibbard, we really do appreciate your love and support for these programs. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. And if you miss me from singing, singing. and you can't find me nowhere, nowhere. come on up to glory. I'll be singing the faith. Yes, I will. And I know the Lord, He will grieve me over yonder, over all the other shores. The glory. glory, I'll be praising the best. Her minister say to see other day long. Oh, oh, oh. 